This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. a week already and yet it feels like it was only yesterday that's right uh the weekend is just about here that means it, this hour belongs to you it is your time to ask questions as we embark on another exciting edition of the other side of midnight proudly presents ask frank ask frank anything ask frank anything ask frank anything anything. that's right if you're new to the program this is your hour to ask a question about whatever it is you're curious about if you want to know something about my personal history about my opinion on anything if you want to know something about the radio business if you want to know something further about something that we've covered on the show if you have a hypothetical question that you'd want me to answer now's the time to dial 800-848-9222 and for whomever comes up with the best the most interesting the most creative question you will uh, get not only something from the other side of Midnight Store, and by the way, the judge for best question is our illustrious staff of uh, Matt Blaze, Tony, and Corralos, who was in for Elias this week. By the way, Corralos has been doing a, a very good job, or at least a decent job, while Elias has been away, so thank you for that, Corralos. And in addition to that, In order to sweeten the pot and encourage you to come up with something really compelling, really interesting, whoever these guys uh, claim as the best question winner this hour, I am going to interview you as a guest on this program for 10 to 15 minutes on a subject of your choosing. So if you're really into stamp collecting, and you want me to interview you about stamp collecting, I will do it. If you're really into uh, getting the truth out about uh, January 6th or about how the world is flat, I will interview you, just like as I would any other guest, for 10 to 15 minutes. If you have the best, the most interesting, the most creative question. If you think you have what it takes, or just if you have something you're curious about, give us a call, 800-848-9222, Two, two. Let us begin with Catherine in the Boogie Down Bronx. What's your question, Catherine? Oh, Frank, what I'm wondering about is that migrant vote that was done where they threw it out of court. Why did it go to the appellate court? What's the difference and why didn't it go to the Supreme Court? When you say the uh, the migrant vote that was done, the, what do you mean? Uh, it, that 
The city council wanted migrants to be able to vote. Ah, okay, and okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah, I know. I'm very familiar with this. I've I've studied this for a, a long time, and the 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 plaintiffs in this case were are are friends of mine. So, um, it wasn't specifically for migrants. It was for legal non citizens of New York City, uh, and this has been talked about for a long time. In fact, when I was growing up, non citizens did vote in New York City. They voted in community school board elections. The rule was if you were a parent, even if you weren't a citizen, you were allowed to vote in the community school boards until they did away with the community school boards in 2002 or 2003. Now, the reason so this was brought, uh, th- this actually was brought initially in the state Supreme Court because it was a local issue. What happened was the city council passed a law in New York that completely ignored the state constitution. So when something ignores the state constitution, the remedy for that is to go to state Supreme Court. So the right. people challenging this, uh, Vito Fasella, Joe Borelli, and others, they did go to state Supreme Court, and the judge, the state Supreme Court justice, Ralph Porzio, agreed with them. He sided with them, and the city appealed the Supreme Court decision. So when you appeal a Supreme Court de- uh, decision in New York, it goes to kind of the next level of the Supreme Court, which is the appellate division. Oh. And the appellate division, again, sided with the plaintiffs, and they said the city council was completely wrong to ignore article 2 of the state constitution now if the city wants to they can apply they can uh, appeal to the court of appeals no guarantee the court of appeals will hear that i don't think they will though i don't get the sense that at this point now that new york does have a, a migrant problem i don't get the sense that uh, eric adams is too thrilled to be able to uh, to to fight for their right to vote in municipal elections because that means they'd be able to vote against him when he's up for re-election next year. 800-848-9222. Al is in New Jersey. Hi, Al. Hey, Frank. How are you? I know that you're an expert on Star Trek, and I'm just wondering, uh, at an autograph show in in the uh, month of April, uh, there are going to be uh, William Shatner and Walter Koenig from Star Trek. I'm just wondering who else might be alive from the cast of Star Trek. Well, of the main cast, there are only three left. It's Walter Koenig, William Shatner, and George Takei. Everybody else, unfortunately, has passed away. The other most recent one was uh, was Nichelle uh, Nichelle Nichols. I think there are a couple. There's certainly a couple of guest stars that are that are still alive that appeared on the show. But in terms of the main uh, main cast, uh, that's it. It's just those those three at this point. Thank you, Frank. Sure thing. Eight hundred. I mean, you think about it. The show was more than sixty years ago. So uh, these people are—they're getting on in years, right? Even Shatner is uh, going to be ninety-three next month, if you can ever imagine that. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Larry is on Long Island. What's your question, Larry? Hey, Frank. Uh, simple question: With all your mob associates over the years. If one of them, in a very strong way, looked at you and said, I want to know how old you are. I listen to your show. You don't talk about your age. What's your response going to be? 
Um, well, first of all, it would depend on uh, on on who it was, but uh, I would uh, I, I you know I don't know I would I guess it depends on on the circumstance. I would probably say age is just a number, and I've misplaced my calculator. 800-848-9222. Joe is in the Queens. Hello, Joe. Yeah, Frank. I. Uh... I told my sister on a birthday, how old are you? She goes, not as old as you. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. I like that one. But uh, my question is about uh, your visits. I assume you've been, you know, a number of times to the Metropolitan Museum. What goes through your mind as you look through some of those paintings, exhibits, uh, as far as history, how it was, you know, about the passing of time about life itself what 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 do you think as you look at those uh, honestly uh, you know the last time i was at the metropolitan museum the only thing i remember it was probably close to 20 years ago the only thing i remember was meeting a friend for lunch there and i don't think i really spent much time looking at any of the artwork so i'm embarrassed to say it as a lifelong new yorker i don't think i've ever really looked around at any of the artwork at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. The only time I remember going there was to meet a friend for lunch. The cafeteria was quite good, though, I must say. But uh, that reminds me, maybe it's time to schedule a trip there. I'll talk to my wife. Maybe that'll be a fun weekend trip for us one of these days. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Jerry is in Minnesota listening on WCCO. What's your question, Jerry? Okay, uh, uh, Frank, with uh, Major League Baseball starting, how do you feel with the umpire not calling balls and strikes by electronics? You know, it's been talked that way. I think that it would be a terrible thing. I think the human element in baseball is so important. I think it's important for fandom. I think it adds an element of uncertainty to the game. I I like more human elements to the game. I, I don't like turning any of these sporting events over to a computer. I recognize that maybe if there's a bad call that uh, that can be remedied by instant replay in either baseball or football. Maybe that makes sense. But to increasingly turn over the nuts and bolts, in this case the balls and strikes, of a game that I think is the most human game on earth, the most unpredictable game on earth, to, uh, to AI, I don't think that's a good idea at all. I think there's something fun about uh, two people rooting for opposing teams getting together and then arguing whether or not something was a ball or a strike. So I'm not a fan of that in the least. Not in the least. 800-848-9222 Jay is in Cincinnati. Hello. Hey Frank. In your misspent youth, did you ever do any joyriding like I did and have to wash police cars? <laughs> um, when you say joyriding, you mean stealing an, a car and riding around in it? Not stealing. It was unauthorized use of it. Yeah. No. No, I can honestly... Well, I guess, you know, before I was uh, old enough to drive, there were probably... Uh, before I had a license, rather, there were probably one or two instances where I took my mother's car out for, for uh, you know, for a ride, uh, but it was for transportation purposes. It wasn't a joyride. I would drive it to school or to the diner, but no, I never took someone else's car and uh, and went for a joyride. No, nothing like that. 800-848-9222. Peter is in Harlem. Hello, Peter. Yes, Frank. Do you realize you're a great, you, 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 you depart upon the audience a great deal of historical knowledge, 
But I, when I listen, I believe a lot of the stuff you say, but when I think about this question that comes to my mind, and I said, the next time I speak to Frank, I'm mm-hmm. pose it to him. Frank, why is Israel not an African nation? Well, I, I mean, I guess because it's technically in Asia, right? I mean, they No, say, it's not. No, no, look at a map. See, that's okay. the whole thing. That's why my students sit back and say, hey, well, teacher, I'm looking at a map. Egypt is in Africa. Israel is the next door neighbor. But Madagascar. I, I'm looking at a map also, and it doesn't look like it's in Africa. I, Africa. Well, hey, well, you like I say, well, you, you, hey, who's writing these new? Is it a new map? I, I, I went mean, to I school back in the fifties, and the fact that one other thing, I learned. All right, from, Peter, you got oh, me. Wait, wait, you got me. What? Let's let's no, move no, it to no. Africa. I'm all for moving Israel to Africa. It's uh, it'll it'll it's the best thing for the Israelis. The best thing for the Africans. You, you've convinced me. Let's move Israel to Africa. I, I'm on board. Let's do it. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Uh, Chester is in Baltimore. Hello, Chester. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Morning. Yeah, I, I, I had a question and opinion of yours. I went into a gun shop. I was able to buy uh, nine millimeter rounds, and no one questioned me, carded me, or anything. Uh, do you see a problem with that? Because I do. I I, uh, I do, yeah. That was in the state of Maryland? Yeah. I mean, I walked right in. They didn't card me. I was I was well within age, but I could have been buying that for somebody, and they could use it to, co- to, to commit a crime. Yeah. I mean, you, you've surprised me, Chester. I think that's a big problem. Uh, in my state, you do have to uh, do a background check for ammunition, and I would assume that that would be the case in Maryland. I'm disappointed to hear that it's not, Chester. Thanks for bringing that to my attention. All right. We'll continue with your questions in a moment. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. This is Lizzo. Uh, this is a very popular song, her best known song. This is a birthday bumper music selection from Sharon Pecan, my very favorite sister-in-law, who is celebrating her birthday today. You know, she has a one-year-old, and she is pregnant again. I think uh, seven or eight months pregnant, so they are not wasting any time in the Pecan household. Uh, either that or their Netflix subscription has expired. But um, this was this Lizzo song was one of her selections. Alright, if you are just tuning in, we are taking your questions on any subject at 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Robert's in Suffolk. What's your question, Robert? 
Hey, Frank, do you support photo voter ID? And what way do you think would be better to implement it? Using a uh, photo driver's license? Well, or with a photo regist- voter registration card with security features? It's a good question. I, I have no issue with voter ID, uh, but um, I think the real problem when it comes to voter fraud, and anyone that tells you there's no voter fraud is just lying to you, um, the real problem when it comes to voter fraud is not people, for the most part, that show up to vote in person. It's not. Most people don't show up claiming to be Frank Morano when they're not. Most people. The real problem with voter fraud is mail-in ballots, absentee ballots, and ballot harvesting. And those are not problems that would at all be served by voter ID. They wouldn't. Uh, So until something's done about ballot harvesting, and look, uh, we're going to do a whole show on this on Thursday with given the situation in Atlantic City with Craig Calloway, who's been committing voter fraud for a living for basically the last 20 years. And he's swayed the outcome of many different elections out there. And the smaller the jurisdiction, the more the easier it is to do. And what they've done in New York, they've just passed some reforms. They call them reforms, but they've actually made it so much more easy to commit voter fraud in New York by mail, one with no excuse mail-in voting. You don't have to say you're going to be absent from the county. You can just request one. And they're at the point where they don't even require a wet signature. So this can really almost entirely be done online. It's ripe uh, ripe with fraud. And we saw that in 2021 in the, uh, in the mayor's race, which I, I won't revisit this, but there was a whole voter fraud operation even before the new laws. Here's what I would do. Both for in-person voting and for, uh, you know, absentee voting or mail-in voting. And there's no reason that we don't have the technology to do this. None. I am going to turn on my phone right now. In order to access my own mobile phone, I have to put a fingerprint on there. It's a fingerprint that's unique to me. There is no reason that when you fill out a voter registration form... You should not have to put a fingerprint on there. None. And then, especially now that it's a lot of it's done through DMV offices, through Motor Voter or online, put a fingerprint on there. You can register to vote online from your mobile phone and just put your fingerprint on there. And that's your signature and your ID all in one. And when you show up to vote or when you request a ballot to uh, to vote remotely, you just... Make that fingerprint your signature, and you're as good as gold. And you can go in and vote, no questions asked. The technology exists to do that, and there's no reason we shouldn't do that. Now, if someone is 93 years old and they don't have a smartphone and maybe they don't have fingertips, their hands have been chopped off, and they can't do that, then, as an alternative, I think a photo ID is uh, is appropriate. We could do a whole show on this. But the problem is not with people that show up to vote in person. The problem is with ballot harvesting. That's the problem. And I've seen this in elections I've been involved in. Many. 800-848-9222-800-848-9222. George is in New York City. Hello, George. What's your question? Hi, Frank. This is regarding uh, contagious diseases and uh, workers who go to work... Thus, spreading the diseases. Now, in the case of uh, 
uh, Curtis Leva, I think at Natiti's uh, uh, didn't work, you know, attend work because he didn't want him to possibly spread uh, these scabies diseases. So my question basically is, do you use uh, swivel chairs and do you use the same chairs as Curtis uh, uses? And during the time when uh, the peak time, when he was suffering from scabies, uh, was he present in the studios? Or he was absent because he spent practically um, 24 hours there. He, uh, so, because- uh, George, I, I don't know what chair Curtis uses. We sit in the same position. Matt, uh, Curtis sits in this position, right? Yeah, he sits there. Yeah, so I, I, I assume that's the same chair. I, I, on, at least chair. on Sundays, on uh, Sunday nights when he's here, this is the same chair. So we do use the same chair, but I, I uh, so far I have not developed any sort of uh, symptoms of Curtis's disease so far. 800-848-9222. Hello, Marianne in New Jersey. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm doing uh, just peachy. Thank you. I always wondered the January 6th committee... It was selected improperly, and then they also recently had erased some key information that they had uh, developed. So I was wondering, why can't the current Speaker of the House, even if they held a vote or if he could just determine that those um, anything that the committee came up with is now invalid because they didn't follow proper protocol and if they made something like that happen where it was invalid wouldn't that make the indictment invalid uh no against no Trump? so um a couple things one the speaker can't just declare things right he can't just declare the work of a previous congress invalid at all that would be something that the whole house of representatives would need to vote on they could vote on yeah, it that's oh, what I said. Right, yeah they could vote on it although with such a narrow republican majority i'm not sure that the Republican Republicans that are running in uh, in states that Biden in districts rather that Biden won would do. Um, I don't think that they would necessarily vote for that. But who knows? Let's say they would. Uh, but even if they undid the work of the January 6th committee, no, it wouldn't do anything because Congress doesn't have the ability to prosecute anybody. The only thing they could ostensibly um, hold somebody accountable for is contempt of Congress. It's up to the Department of Justice to charge people with crimes. So. So uh, it, it was. It's up to the special counsel uh, and the the person that he works for, which in this case is the Attorney General Merrick Garland, to charge people with crimes. You can't undo what a federal grand jury has done in voting for an indictment just by undoing oh, the so work. It's not. It's not based on the information that was gathered through the committee. Uh, the, uh, Congre- the indictment. The com- congressional committee did transfer a lot of information to the special counsel. Uh, but that that information still exists. So there's no way. But even, it would be invalid if they voted that it's invalid. Yeah, but but no, information is information. They didn't take the special counsel didn't take the information from the uh, from the January sixth committee and say, oh, they voted on something. Now I can go and indict. No, they took the information. They presented it to a grand jury, and the grand jury made the decision to indict. It has nothing to do with any decision. Congress or any congressional committee made? It's a good question, though. 800-848-9222, Tony is in Florida. Hello, Tony. Hi, Frank. It's nice to talk to you. Likewise. 
Okay, you and your wife are on vacation in Florida, and you're at a flea market called Renegers in Mount Dora, and you're having a nice time, and Carmine's in his stroller, and you stop at an antique booth. And as you and your wife are looking at things, Carmen grabs at something shiny, and you look down, and you see it's an old oil lamp. And you thought it was interesting, so you picked it up and thought, well, it would look better if I you know, rubbed it a little bit and make it shiny, and you do. And then all of a sudden, the steam comes out, and a genie appears, and he tells you that you've got three wishes. Now, this is a good genie. He's not trying to trick you. He's just going to give you three wishes. What would they be? Uh, well, wish number one would be for um, wisdom. You know, I'm on a perpetual quest for for wisdom and knowledge. So, uh, wish number one would be for for that uh, for for That's for a good wisdom. One. Yeah, That's um, a good one. Uh, wish number two would be for um, for m- my son's continued health and happiness. And as far as wish number three goes, uh, let's see. I um, hmm. I let's see. I'm gonna pick. Uh, that's a good one. I would pick the wish. I'm, I'm going to try and, you know, cause these are tricky. Um, Hmm. Uh, that's a good one. I would pick a, maybe a su- superhuman sense of humor because, you know, that's something that I think would serve you well in any circumstance to be able to make others laugh and to be able to laugh even in very difficult circumstances I think that always is a big help. All right, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Alfredo is in Newark. What's your question, Alfredo? Yes, Frank, how are you? Uh, Frank, sometimes you pick uh, Alfredo, jeez. Um, yes. What's going you, on you over there? Hello? Yeah, what's going on over there? You sound like you're in a vacuum cleaner. Yes, I am in a car. Uh, okay, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop my talk. Okay. Uh, sometimes you pick you pick a, a issue to talk about it, and uh, and uh, nobody call you, uh, uh, giving you an answer. How do you feel about it? I don't have any. I mean, it doesn't affect me at all. I just move on to the next thing I want to talk about. You know, Alfredo. Honestly, every day I have you know only four hours to fill, but I have maybe. 10 hours worth of things to say. So if nobody calls in, it's just fine with me. I'm just going to move on to the next thing that I have to talk about. It's fine with me. I I think it's great if people want to call in, but I'm not sitting waiting on uh, pins and needles hoping somebody will call in so I have something to talk about. Makes no difference to me. Don't call in. I got plenty of stuff to talk about. I think the calls are fun because they add an element of unpredictability to the show, maybe an element of humor. Maybe it challenges me on uh, an opinion that I've expressed and causes me to think about another perspective. And more important than challenging me, maybe I love that it would challenge the audience to think of another perspective. I think the most boring thing in talk radio is, uh, and not just on this show, but on any show, is a caller calls, a, you know, a host has on a guest and the two of them agree on everything and uh, there's no challenging questions. And then right after that, it's a cascade of callers all agreeing with both what the host 
and the caller and the guest said. What's the point? What's the point of that? To me, that's the most boring thing in the world. And uh, that's why I always try to go to the people that may ask challenging questions or difficult questions or questions that I haven't even considered first. 800-848-9222. Anne is in Connecticut. Hello, Anne. Hi. Hello, Frank. This is Anne from Connecticut. Hi. I'm calling because I do have a question, and I think I've got the winning. Okay. What I want to know is, do you think if Michelle Obama runs for president, she would choose Hillary Clinton as her running mate because Hillary, um, Hillary is well, well, uh, Hillary is is experienced. But do you think it would be for the fight that was back in 216 to prove now that Hillary could win over Donald Trump? Well, first of all, I think it's a, a bit of a moot point because I really don't see Michelle Obama running for president, but let's say she did. Uh, then, uh, no, I don't see her picking uh, Hillary Clinton as, as her running mate because I think the people around uh, Michelle Obama would want to add a little bit of balance to the ticket. And one of the things that you would have to add is um, is gender balance. So I think she would try to pick someone that was a different gender than she was. Also, one of the things that you uh, also have to add or generally try to add is regional balance. The fact that both of them are from Illinois, I think, would uh, not add a level of, uh, of uh, uh, gender balance. The other thing you want in a vice presidential candidate of any party, is you want someone that's not going to hurt you, right? So the one thing you want is someone that is not going to add to your negatives. It's why Donald Trump, if if anybody in Trump world has a brain, is not going to pick Carrie Lake or Marjorie Taylor Greene. He's going to pick someone that does no harm. Hillary Clinton was the second least popular presidential candidate in modern times, major party presidential candidate in modern times. The only person with more negatives than she was Donald Trump. So you wouldn't pick someone that would dig up all of these scandals that Hillary Clinton has been associated with. You would pick a fresh face. You would pick someone that's from a different region of the country. You would pick someone that has a pretty good record or as little of a record as possible so that there's not as much of a paper trail and you can't find a vote that she took 20 years ago that may make her look bad. Uh, it, okay, I think it's a silly discussion, but since you brought it up, I'll go with this. If Michelle Obama were to run for president, the best possible running mate for her would be Andy Bashir, the governor of uh, Tennessee. If Andy Bashir was unable or unwilling to be the vice president, it would be uh, Governor uh, Roy Cooper, the governor of uh, North Carolina. Those are running mates that do no harm. They alienate no one. You don't lose any Democratic votes, at least none to speak of. You maybe win a couple of independents, and you maybe take a red state or at least a purple state in the case of North Carolina, and you make it competitive in the general election. But as I said, I would bet dollars to donuts that Michelle Obama will not run for president, uh, at least not in 2024. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. 22. Alex is in Brooklyn. What's your question, Alex? Hey, Frank. Thanks for taking the call. Um, from what you remember, what is your worst dream that you've ever had and what was your favorite dream? Um, and I also want your thoughts on Greg Kelly. Uh, and did you ever bump into him? Did you, how did you, the two of you get along and what do you think of him? 
I uh, let me. So, in far, as far as dreams go, I have had a lot of bad dreams, including I think I had one last week. A lot of times I don't remember. In fact, I just made a note yesterday because I I had a dream last night, or I, technically it's yesterday during the day, about my grandfather. And uh, the only thing I remember about the dream is that he was cooking. And I think it was a pretty detailed and involved dream. And I wish I remembered more of it. So I made a note to myself yesterday that I have to get back into the habit of dream journaling and writing down as many details of the dream as I remember as soon as I wake up. As far as my, I have had a lot of bad dreams because. Some Sometimes the dreams that I get are so vivid and so scary sometimes or sometimes so sad, I'll actually find myself crying in the dream. But most of them I don't. An example. Yeah, most of them I don't remember. The only persistent bad dream that I remember, and I find it very scary at the time, is I consistently and persistently have a nightmare where my teeth are falling out or my tongue oh. is falling out or turning to wood. And I got to tell oh you, God. I know it sounds it sounds silly, but in that moment, in the dream, it's as real as I'm talking to you right now. And I am just picking out a tooth and it falls out or i'm reaching for or i'm 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 putting my tongue on a tooth and it wiggles and it falls out or i i i'm going to the dentist and um they, i'm getting a dental examination and tooth after tooth is being plucked out <laughs> and it's so incredibly frightening as far as the best dreams uh that i've had go um, you know, pr- some of them probably involve, um, you know, c- kind of, uh, uh, you know, um, romantic stuff that, that I wouldn't share on the radio. As far as Greg Kelly goes, it's been a while since I've seen him just because we're on opposite schedules. I have seen him a couple of times at station events, and uh, he's always very friendly and very cordial. Uh, the the I, I So I don't really think much of him one way or another. I don't really know him. I do know his dad uh, fairly well, and I think his dad is one of the most incredible human beings that's ever lived. I think he's a warrior, a gifted police officer, a scholar, a a, a heck of a nice guy, and really just a modern-day renaissance man, a guy that can really do it all, who's a musician, a cop, a marine, a cabinet official. Not quite a cabinet official, but served at Treasury. I mean, uh, he's somebody, Ray Kelly, that I admire enormously to the end of the moon and back. Greg, I don't know as well. And uh, just because of what I have going on when he's on the air, I don't really get to listen to his show uh, that much. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. David is in the Boogie Down Bronx. Hi, David. Yes, good morning. Um, one quick thing. Andy Bashir is actually governor of Kentucky. Kentucky, what did I say? You said Tennessee. Ah, I, yeah, I um, misspoke. Sorry about that. But I, okay, I stand but, by um, what I said, though. Oh, okay. I agree with you on what you said, by the way. Um, But um, this is a, um, I've asked you a question about this before, but this will be the last frozen head question I will ask Mr. Frank Marano. Um, Your head in the future is accidentally thought out, and there's only two bodies available to put it on because of some mishap. One of the bodies is Shaquille O'Neal, and the other one is Danny DeVito. Which body do you choose to have your head permanently stuck to, and why? 
I am picking uh, Shaquille O'Neal. I've always wanted to be tall, and uh, my my dad is tall. My brothers are tall. That growth spurt has never hit me, so I think it would be fun to experience life uh, being tall. D- Danny DeVito is shorter than I am, and he's a bit more rotund than I am, and I've already experienced life as a a short rotund man. So give me give me life as a as a tall strapping. Um, you know, athlete like Shaquille O'Neal. I will absolutely, I will absolutely take Shaquille O'Neal over Danny DeVito any day of the week. All right, we'll continue with your questions in a moment. 800-848-9222, one open line. If you want to try and jump on board, straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side at midnight with Frank Morano. I waited till I saw the sun. I don't know why I didn't come. I left you by. Don't know why I didn't come I don't know why I didn't come When I saw the break of day I wish that I could fly away The great Nora Jones, 20 years ago today She really became an international phenom when she won all five Grammy Awards she was nominated for, including Record of the Year and Song of the Year for this song. I love this song. There's just something so soulful about it, so interesting, so soothing. And you know who her father is? I feel like a lot of people don't know this. Do you know who Nora Jones's father is? Ravi Shankar. Her father is Ravi Shankar. Isn't that wild? I feel like almost nobody knows that. I tell people that it blows their mind. So, um... Nora Jones. There you go. If you ever want to know what kind of music we're playing on the show, join our Facebook group. Just uh, search Morano Radio Fans and Haters on Facebook, and we post the songs there each and every morning. We're doing a little Ask Frank Anything, where we give you an opportunity to ask questions about anything you're interested in. 800-848-9222. Thomas is on w, uh, CBM in Baltimore. Hey, Thomas. How you doing, Frank? I am uh, doing as well as uh, a slice of leftover pizza at 3 a.m. <laughs> okay. All right, you're the WWF champion. Uh, you have to defend your title. Uh, you have three uh, contenders. Who do you think you would have the best chance of winning against? Jesse Ventura, Hulk Hogan, or uh, Randy Savage? Well, I mean, look, obviously the outcomes are, are predetermined, uh, but I would say, look, I love Jesse Ventura, and I'm a fan of Jesse Ventura, but the primary, I'm primarily a fan of Jesse Ventura for his work as, you know, on the mic and his work as a commentator, not necessarily his in-ring work. Um, so Ventura was never, honestly, a great in-ring grappler. He was okay. Better than Hogan, honestly. Um, so I don't think I. So I don't think it's Jesse Ventura, 
Uh, Hogan, you know, he's got this larger-than-life Hulkamania aspect when he's a good guy, and then he's got the whole NWO aspect against him when he's a bad guy, or, or working for him when he's a bad guy, so he's very difficult to beat. Uh, Randy Savage, you know, so I think the person that I'd have the best chance against, uh, it might be Randy Savage, just, even though he's the best wrestler out of the three, he's the w- smallest out of the three in size, including in his prime. So if I was to have any any chance, it might involve a little chicanery on my part because I would be a heel. I guess maybe my best chance is against Randy Savage. And I know that sounds weird because he's the best wrestler out of the three. But he was he's, a good wrestler. He was. He, he Absolutely. He was a very, very good wrestler. Very meticulous. And, uh, you know, I've spoken with Jesse Ventura a great deal about wrestling over the years. And he, I like Jesse Ventura. He was a great wrestler, too. He was, he was funny. Yeah, well, he was, comical. Exactly, but um, Savage was not only great on the mic, he was great in the ring itself. Um, I've asked Jesse Ventura about wrestling many times over the years, and what he has said consistently and repeatedly is that the best wrestling match he's ever seen was Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat at WrestleMania three. So I'm taking my chances with uh, with Randy Savage. He's the shortest of the three, and even though he's the best wrestler, he's the, I, I know it sounds weird, but you know we're talking about a, a sport where the outcome is predetermined. So it's on, on some respects it's a silly question, in some respects it's not. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Mary is in New Jersey. Hi Mary. Hi. Um okay, two things. My question is, did you ever have a sense that you had lived before? And if you did, do you do you have a sense of what kind of a life it was or what kind of a role you played in it? And the second part is, if I may, I would like to nominate the lady who called with the wishes from the genie because of the answer you gave about the sense of humor, which I've never heard anybody say before. I was very impressed. Oh, by well, that. thank you. Um, Mary, honestly, I am intrigued by reincarnation and the idea of life after death. But no, I'm being totally honest. I've never gotten the feeling that I lived before and was someone else before. Other people feel like they lived in ancient Rome or ancient Egypt or in the 1900s. I can honestly say no. I've never felt that way about myself. I've never felt that I had a past life or anything like that. It's kind of cool to think that maybe you did. I'd certainly be interested in learning about a past life if I did have one. But uh, but no, I never I never had that feeling, honestly. 800-848-9222, two open lines if you have a question. Bob is in Manorville. What's your question, Bob? Hey, Frank, uh, real quick, I know uh, you really burst that old lady's bubble from Connecticut about Hillary, Cl- Hillary Clinton. <laughs> anyway, uh, but that's not my question. Um, uh, the U.S. Navy, um, they, they're launching uh, a, a new line of aircraft carriers, the Ford, the Ford class, the Gerald R. Ford class. And I don't know if you noticed, they keep renaming ships after previous ships, like the, the, the supposed to launch the USS John F. Kennedy, sure. which we already had a John F. Kennedy. We had a Lexington, we had two Lexingtons, sure. two Yorktowns. Right. Okay. And the last part of the question is, do you think there'll ever be a USS Donald Trump? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, so what, I'm not sure I understand the first part of your question. Well, why can't they be more original? In other words, um, like 
there was a, a USS Enterprise, okay? That was right. the first nuclear-powered aircraft carrier. Right. So yeah. they, they they laid the keel for a second USS Enterprise. You mm-hmm. follow what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I um. So I'm, why can't they think of different names? Well, within, I don't think it's a lack of of creativity, honestly, Bob. I, the tradition of naming vessels, naval vessels, after older ones, it's a tradition that reflects continuity honor and a sense of heritage within the naval service when they name another ship after the john f kennedy it's paying tribute to the previous john f kennedy you know i'm a star trek fan and i think it's great that there's an enterprise uh and and then an enterprise a b c d and e it's the same thing when you have a new ship that's christened the yorktown you're paying you're honoring the legacy of the other yorktown it's a way to maintain legacy it's a way to maintain heritage it's a way to honor legacy it's a way to perpetuate tradition Traditions. It's a way to preserve memory, and it's great symbolism. So I actually like it, Bob. I, I don't think it's for lack of uh, of trendy names uh, to pick. Your question about whether or not there will be a USS Donald Trump is such a good one. I happen to think that in the future, Donald Trump, one of his greatest legacies is going to be the establishment of the USS Space Force. And I think that the fact that he did create a sixth branch of the military probably will mean that he's going to have a naval vessel named for him one day. Honestly, I think a lot depends on what happens in this election because history is written by the victors. So if he wins this election and then installs a lot of Trump loyalists in key positions at the Pentagon, I think it makes it more likely. If he loses this election and the people that win this election make it so that you know Trump is viewed as a, a traitor and a criminal and someone forced to declare bankruptcy, then it's less likely. I think a lot depends on this election, honestly. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. David is in Pennsylvania. What's your question, David? I'll try to be as brief as this on this as I can, Frank. What do you think of a government mandate? or something similar where people making, a, say, let's just say is a round figure, $100,000 a couple or, or an individual in a household that has a lawn grow, have to grow vegetables and fruits in their lawn, uh, a percentage of the lawn to feed the hungry and to alleviate some of the climate change. I mean, uh Something similar to that. Well, so, uh, if I understand the premise, should people who earn over a hundred thousand dollars maybe ha- have maybe. to grow some crops on their lawn to feed the hungry and to uh, alleviate some of the climate change? You know, those lawns out in uh, the West are using a lot of, of water. water. Yeah, no, I know that, David. Uh, yeah. It's an interesting proposition. It's not one that I've honestly thought much about. But based on your scenario, and I'd want to give it some more thought, I I would not be in favor of that. Look, I I think part of the reason, if you're making over $100,000, that you're paying so much in taxes is to you know, pay for services, including food, for the needy. So I don't think, you know, asking a couple that is uh, already spending a lot of their time working and caring for children, potentially, to have a mandate that they have to spend some of their time 
starting a garden. I think it's great if you want to start a garden. I think maybe you can give people a little bit of a tax incentive if they want to start a garden. Um, but no, I am not for that. I think uh, people should be able to do on their lawn whatever they want to do and on their property whatever they want to do. By the way, in some states they're they're talking about actually, and, and I think Colorado is going forward with this, banning gas-powered mowers. I think that is a real mistake. 800-848-9222. Paul is in Connecticut. Hi, Paul. Hi. Good morning, Frank. Here's a question for you. If you could clone a past female actress alive or dead or a female politician, who would it be to spend some time with? Well, would the clone have that person's memories? Yes. Well, I, I it's got to be Anne Bancroft. Anne Bancroft was my favorite actress, and uh, the life that she's led, the not only the roles that she's played, but the uh, the life that she led, directing the movie Fatso and being married to Mel Brooks. I am pretty confident that I could spend a decade speaking with Anne Bancroft for eight hours a day and never be bored once. I, I find her to be. So interesting, and unfortunately she's passed away, so interesting, so funny, so captivating, have such a way with words, and honestly, in her day, so sexy, that I think uh, Anne Bancroft is absolutely my pick for who I am um, cloning if I could bring someone back. 800-848-9222. Joe is in Lindbrook. Hello, Joe. Hey, Frank, three questions for you. One, what's your opinion on what's happening in the city of New York? Has Eric Adams done a good job? And who do you think was that debate between Dominic Carter and Anthony Weiner? Um, well, I, look, as far as debate winners go, really so much of it depends on who you agree with more, right? Uh, and I think on the whole, I probably tend to agree with Dominic more than I agree with, with Weiner. So I think my perspective, uh, you know, I, I think Dominic would probably win. The second question, uh, as far as Eric Adams, um, no, I think on the whole, he's done some good things, but no, he's not doing a good job. And uh, the first question, what do I think about what's going on in the city of New York? I think these are very tough times for New Yorkers. I I think there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of, it's impossible to afford to live here. And I think people are really worried, uh, people who've lived here their whole lives, they're worried about how they're going to be able to afford to pay their rent or their mortgage. And it gets very frustrating when you're not able to be able to afford to live here. And then you see people that may not even be in the country legally getting things like um, free housing and free food. I mean, not that they're living in the lap of luxury, but it does strike a lot of people as not being just. Um, All right. Those of you that are holding, if we didn't get to you, we'll try and get to you next hour. No promises, but there's no guess. Meantime, uh, do we have a consensus on who asked the best question? David in the Bronx in your unfrozen head. David, email me. We'll coordinate an interview. Keep asking questions.